Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Caroline Palmer from the Comment and Analysis Desk. Much hope is resting on the summit hosted by Shinzo Abe with Russian President Vladimir Putin at a resort near Nagato, the Japanese Prime Minister's hometown, write Robin Harding and Catherine Hiller. The two men are attempting to end a 70-year-old territorial dispute that has prevented the neighbours, both challenged by the rise of China, from ever signing a peace treaty since the end of the Second World War. However, Russian public opinion, in particular, is strongly against surrendering any of the territory. But a combination of strong leaders in Moscow and Tokyo, strategic interest on both sides and a marked softening of Japan's demands means an agreement is conceivable for the first time in decades. This recording is narrated by Catherine Hiller. Hiroshi Takuno was walking to school with his brother when two naval destroyers slid into the bay. It was September the 1st, 1945. Two weeks had passed since the voice of Emperor Hirohito had come over a crackling radio and the islanders of Shikotan, far to the north of Tokyo, heard the unimaginable. That Japan had surrendered. The Second World War was lost. The 11-year-old was terrified. He thought the US had arrived. Shikotan was abuzz with rumours about the vengeful Americans. But then I saw the red flag with the hammer and sickle, and I realised it was not the Americans, it was the Russians, it was the Soviet Union, says Mr Tokuno. For three years, the Russians and Japanese lived together uneasily, until a ship came to gather around 18,000 inhabitants and expel them to the Japanese mainland. Freezing and starving on the two-month journey, Mr Tokuno's baby niece died, but he made it to the mainland. Since then he has dreamt of a return, and now he senses a final chance. On Thursday, Shinzo Abe will hold a summit with Russian President Vladimir Putin at a resort near Nagato, the Japanese Prime Minister's hometown. The two men will try to end a territorial dispute that has prevented the two neighbours, both challenged by the rise of China, from ever signing a peace treaty after the Second World War. Analysts disparaged the odds of a deal that could rewire the geopolitics of East Asia. Russian public opinion, in particular, is vehemently against surrendering an inch of territory. But a rare combination of strong leaders in Moscow and Tokyo, strategic interest on both sides, and a considerably softening of Japan's demands means a settlement is at least conceivable for
for the first time in decades. In my heart, I've always wanted to return home, and that hope is still not extinguished, says Mr. Takuno, one of about 6,000 of those expelled who are still alive. In 10 or 20 years, all of the former islanders will be dead. This is our final chance, he says. Mr. Takuno's fate was set when those destroyers dropped anchor in 1945. But the dispute is rooted in events that took place 90 years earlier, when Russia and Japan divided up the 56 islands of the Kuril chain in the Treaty of Shimoda. The four southernmost islands went to Japan. Those are Itarup, Etorofu in Japanese, Kunashir or Kunashiri, Shikatan and the Habomai group. The rest initially went to Russia, although later treaties awarded them to Tokyo. At Yalta in 1945, a summit of Churchill, Roosevelt and Stalin agreed that the Soviet Union would be given all the Kuril Islands at the end of the war. But Tokyo maintained that the southernmost four are part of Japanese territory. It has persisted with the claim ever since, which has become a totemic issue for the Japanese nationalists and a bar to good relations with Moscow. The chances of a deal rest on a complex blend of political, military, economic and strategic calculations, not to mention the personalities of the two leaders. Mr Abe is a conservative nationalist whose foreign minister father tried and failed to settle the dispute while Mr. Putin is a strongman whose project is to restore Russia's strength and influence using every tool of realpolitik to hand. Across the Nemuro Strait that separates the islands from the Japanese mainland, some Shikatan residents believe a compromise can be struck. One of them is Igor Tomason, a Russian fisherman-turned-soldier and grocery store owner who has struck up an unlikely friendship with Mr. Tokuno. Mr. Tomason is the son of one of the 5,000 people Moscow shipped in from all over the Soviet Union after 1945 to replace the Japanese. Giving the islands away just like that is impossible. We don't even give cookies away in our shop, says Mr. Tomason, who was born in the same village as Mr. Tokuno 30 years after the Japanese man was deported. But we are civilised people, he adds. If it is explained clearly to people on both sides, of course it can be done. It just needs to be done softly. Such feelings are not unusual on Shikatan. Let them give Shikatan to the Japanese. Maybe they can make things work here, says Elvira, a single mother of two who works at a local kindergarten during the day and in a bakery at night. Look at this rotten place. There are no proper jobs, no flats, no infrastructure. When the Japanese take over, at least there will be money, she says. More than 7,000 kilometres from Moscow, Shikatan houses just 2,000 of the 10,000 people who now live on the Kuril Islands claimed by Japan. Apart from fishing, the military presence is the only thing that holds up the economy. Tourism has been stunted by Russian travel restrictions. But the cynicism seen on Shikatan is rare on the other islands. Iturup, Kunashir and Shikatan are like three separate countries. The weather is the only thing we have in common, says Sergei Kisilov, 
editor of the only local newspaper. Iterup benefits from investments from Gidrostroy, a Russian conglomerate, while Kunashir received new roads, a school and housing under a government programme. All of Kunashir is one big construction site now, and our economy is growing, says Konstantin Butakov, the local mayor. In Kunashir, the talks between Moscow and Tokyo have rattled people. I think Putin may really hand over the small islands, says Dmitry Rubin. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.